0: Well, good morning, church. Morning. Oh, come on. Good morning, church. Good morning. There we go, man. It's Easter Sunday. Happy Easter. Let me tell you as well, I am so glad uh, that you are here today and you are welcome and you are loved in this place. This is a great day. It's Easter Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ literally rose from the grave and it's a great day for us to gather in this place and to sing these songs, uh, to worship him, to lift up his name. And to remember that our lives revolve around a lot of things, but there's one thing that is above every other thing, and that's Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about uh, this idea of what does it mean for us to make this decision to follow Christ and Christ alone. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you what's coming next so next week we start a brand new series. This is one of our uh, at-home family series that we're putting together with the help of our children's ministry. And it's called Connected 3D. And here's the deal. This is a series all about technology and the family and how to use technology in a God-honoring way. Now, I don't know if you have kids like I do or if you have grandkids or if you're around kids. But if, if you are, then you probably know that maybe one of the greatest challenges that we have today is how do you raise how do you raise your kids to know God, love God, and serve God in a world that's so driven by technology, in a world where we're so distracted by technology? If you're anything like me, this is, this is a real struggle, right? And so for the next three weeks, starting next Sunday, we're going to talk about this idea, about how do we get connected to God? How are we connected to each other? And how do we even have a connection with our technology in a way Honors God. So, if you're here today and you're wondering what's coming next, I want to invite you back next Sunday as we begin that series. It'll be a great series for our families and really for all of us, because all of us, let's be honest, have this issue, have this deal with technology, and I would invite you to come as we talk about that together. That's next week. Today, though, we're going to land a plane. We're going to end this series that we've been in for the last five weeks that we've called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And this week, as I've been thinking about, you know, how do we How do we end today? How do we culminate today? Today on Easter Sunday, how do we end this series where all along we've been talking about baptism, talking about this idea, this confession of faith, saying the words, I have decided to follow Jesus. How do we do that? And this story for me came to mind. Some of you guys who were history buffs, you you probably know more about this than I do. But in the year 1944, the world was literally at war, right? It was World War II. The Allied forces were coming against Hitler and the German army and trying to push back and defeat uh, that, that real evil that was present in our world at that time, a real dark day in our history. And on June 6th, on Tuesday, June 6th, 1944, you probably know what happened that day. It's pretty famous. The Allied forces stormed the beaches of Normandy, France, in an effort to turn the tide and to shift... The way the war was going, and that became a historic day in World War II, June 6, 1944, and it's known as D-Day. Now, a lot of people have asked the question, "What does the D in D-Day stand for?" Isn't that a great question? You know. And so, you know, people think, you know, does it stand for, you know, doomsday or departure day or deployment day? Like, what does the D D&D and D-Day stand for? Does it stand for decision day? And, and according to at least what I've read and what I've, what I've learned, the Army says it doesn't really stand for anything. It's just shorthand for saying that this is the day, this is the code word, this is the day that a new operation is going to begin. It's going to begin on D-Day. And on that day, on that D-Day, on June 6, 1944, it was the day that they were going to storm the beaches of Normandy and push back the enemy, right? I'm wondering today, though, if today doesn't need to be D-Day for some of you. And, and if I could, I would say the D for us stands for Decision Day. Today, does today need to be your D-Day? Does today need to be your Decision Day? Does today need to be the day that for whatever reason... To this point in your life, you haven't made a decision for Jesus. But today, it's time. It's time. It's time to make a decision. It's time to take a stand. It's time to make this confession of faith because you believe it. That Jesus is who he says he is. That he did what he said he did. That he is alive. Here's what I know. God wants to do something in your life today. And I I mean that for every person in the room. God wants to do something in your life today if you will let him. But it really all starts with this one question. And honestly, this is the question that's been the question for the last 2,000 years. It's the question that people have had to ask and answer, and honestly, no one gets a pass. Everyone has to give an answer for this question. You can't gloss over it. You can't avoid it. There's going to come a point in time where you have to answer this question, and how you answer this question really determines everything for you. The people who walked the planet during the days of Jesus had to answer this question, and everyone since who's encountered him has, has had to give an answer as well. And here's the question What are you going to do about Jesus? What are you going to do about Jesus? Here's what we know. Here's what we believe. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus came from heaven to earth. And honestly, he lived a really brief life about 33 years. And at the end of his time on earth, the religious leaders had gathered and they'd used their power and their position, their politics, and they'd leveraged the crowd against Jesus. And they falsely accused him of crimes that he did not commit. They put him through a sham of a trial. He was accused, and he was convicted. And he was sentenced to die. And so they took Jesus, and they tied him to a pole. And the Roman soldiers took these whips. On the end of them were pieces of bone and metal, And they literally beat him till his body ran red with blood. And then they put a cross on his back. And they made him carry that cross outside the city walls of Jerusalem. Just a few days before, he had come into the city of Jerusalem riding a donkey. And they were putting palm branches. And they were putting their coats in front of him. And they were treating him like royalty, singing and shouting, Hosanna, literally, Savior. And now that same man is walking out of the city. His body bloodied, a crown of thorns on his head. The soldiers had mocked him and made fun of him and laughed at him. They had spit in the face of the son of God. And then they put a cross on his back. And they made him carry it outside those city gates. He walked in just a few days for they took him to a place called Golgotha and it was there that they laid that cross on the ground and they put Jesus on that cross and they stretched out his arms and they pulled down his feet and they literally drove nails in his hands and his feet and I know that maybe you've seen that maybe in a movie, or you've seen a picture of that in a picture Bible somewhere, or whatever, but I'm here to tell you, nailing a man on a cross is not a one-man job. And then they lifted that cross up, and they dropped it in a hole in the ground. And can you imagine the pain? It's the bottom of that cross hit rock. And that Friday, about 9 a.m., Jesus was crucified. Literally. Tortured, beaten, nailed to a cross, hung on a tree, and left to die. And he didn't die. He wasn't punished. He wasn't crucified for anything he did. He endured all of that for you and for me. He did that because God is kind, but he is not soft. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates these words of Paul in the message. In Romans 2, verses 3 and 4, Paul says this, You didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your finger at others you would distract God from seeing all of your misdoings and from coming down on you hard? Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he is not soft. Our God has a great name and a kind heart. But the reality of the matter The fact of the matter is, a price had to be paid for our sin. And God did what any good father would do. He paid the price for you and me. We read these words of Jesus before, but I think we have to read them again this morning to remember that... that that this is how God feels towards us. He's not mad at us. Jesus didn't die because God was mad at us. Jesus died because God loved us. And Jesus said this in John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave, you know these words, his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus didn't go to the cross against his will. He didn't die unwillingly. In fact, later, Jesus would say these words. He would say, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then you know what Jesus did. He went and he laid down his life for you and for me. They crucified Jesus on Friday. And before the day was over, before the sunset, he had died. He was dead. It was a confirmed kill. It was a successful execution. Two of his friends, Joseph, Nicodemus, they went to Pilate, who was the ruler, and they asked if they could take the body of Jesus down. And after it was confirmed that Jesus was indeed dead, he said yes. And they took him down from that cross. And you can just imagine how they felt. This is the man that they had believed in. They had hoped in. They had become friends with. And he's dead. The story was not supposed to go this way. The Messiah was not supposed to die today. But they take his body down from the cross. And they bury him in a borrowed tomb. Friday night. Those who had believed in Jesus had more questions than answers. A group of those that had followed him closely had given their lives to him for the past three years. Now what? Saturday came and it felt the same way. All hope is lost. What what do we do now? Life as we knew it, life as we anticipated it is not going to go the way we thought it was going to go. Sunday was coming. And Sunday morning, something happened that had never happened before. And I want to make sure you get this. Because I know most of you probably know the story well enough to know that Jesus had raised people from the dead before. That people had come back to life before. Even if you date back to the stories of the Old Testament, people had had been risen back to their former life. But what happened on this day had never happened before because Jesus wasn't resurrected. Jesus wasn't raised from the dead to live his old life. Jesus Jesus wasn't raised to a former life. Jesus, what happened that day, on that Sunday, on Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago, was Jesus rose to new life. He was resurrected. He was given a new body. He was given a new life. You could still see the scars in his hands and his feet, but it was a brand new Jesus resurrected from the grave. Never, here's the key, never to die again. That Sunday morning. He rose again. And here's the cool thing. Over the next 40 days, he was seen by more than 500 people. And every one of them were living eyewitnesses to the fact that Jesus, who had died on Friday, had, in fact, come back to life and was risen and was resurrected on Sunday. And he was alive. And the reason that you and I are here today is because they saw him. The reason you and I are here today is because those men who followed him most closely, who spent those three years with Jesus, every one of them, they couldn't believe it, but they couldn't deny it because they could see him with with their own eyes. He was alive. And if you can't believe that, then you have to believe this because every one of those men died, martyred, except for one. Only one died of old age. The rest died, martyred for Jesus of Nazareth. Some of them were stoned, some of them were crucified, some of them were ran through with a spear or with a sword, but every one of them died and none of them changed their story. Don't you think one of them would have if it weren't true? But every one of them died. They died because they knew death had been defeated, sin had been conquered. Satan had been sent packing. The King of kings and the Lord of lords had been lifted up from the grave and they knew that Jesus had been resurrected and that they too had already passed from death to life. Here's what I want you to know today. The resurrecting king wants to resurrect you too. Jesus the resurrected king wants to resurrect you to from death to life and if you haven't entered those waters of baptism yet he wants you to walk into those waters because he wants to move you from death to life and I don't want you to miss out on God's resurrection story for you. That's why we have these two crosses on stage. Maybe you've been wondering the whole time why are there only two crosses? I'm pretty sure there were 3. I've seen the pictures. I googled it. There's three crosses. Where's the third cross? Right? Here's why. Galatians 2.20. I love the way that, that Paul, one of Jesus' closest followers, said this. He said, My old self has died. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in this earthly body, I live by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see, there's two crosses here because in the middle are these waters of baptism. And this, this is the third cross. This is the cross of Christ. This is your cross. This is where you too are crucified with Christ, where you die. I have been crucified with Christ. When you walk into the waters of baptism, something dies. You die. The old self dies in the waters of baptism. You die, and you are literally buried underwater. Not for three days. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. But you're buried. And then, it's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. And this is mysterious. I'll, I'll just be honest. Paul would later explain this is, this is the Holy Spirit of God that you receive when you, are baptism, when you are baptized. Living in you, taking up residence in you, putting its seal on you. This is the Holy Spirit of God. When you are resurrected to new life, this is how it works. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Christ lives in you. In other words, you will never, ever walk alone. You'll never walk alone. The Holy Spirit of God is with you, and he will walk with you. He will be your guide. He will be your comforter. He will be your peace. He will prompt you to do things that you, want, you don't want to do, but they're the right thing to do. It's kind of annoying, I'll be honest, because Christ is living in you. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. So the life I live in this earthly body, I live how? By trusting in. There's that word again. By believing in, by faithing in, it's the activity of faith in the Son of God, in Jesus Christ alone, who loved me. And here's the word gave it's a gift. Gave his life for me. That's why we have these two crosses. Because today we want to see some of you step into these waters and we want to see some of you crucified with Christ. We want to see some of you die and be raised again, be resurrected into new life. But you have to answer this question. What? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about Jesus? When I was in college, I worked at a church in Montgomery, Alabama, and I was an intern with the student ministry with the teenagers. And I'll never forget one day, it was during the week, we got a call. And on the other line was this person telling us that there was a a man at the hospital that wanted to be baptized. Could we help? And of course, the answer was yes. So they gathered all of us up because they needed some help, some manpower, and uh, not long after, an ambulance arrived at church at the building. And the paramedics unloaded an, an elderly man on a stretcher. And he was hooked up to wires and tubes and oxygen the whole nine yards and they wheeled him into our church, up to the stage, and we gathered around and we lifted that stretcher and carried it up the steps around to the baptistry, to the waters. And the paramedic said, he wants to be baptized, but here's the deal. We're, we're going to have to unhook him from all of these things, and you're going to have to get him down and up really fast. This is, not, this is like life-threatening. You need to be quick about this. And as soon as you pull him back up, we're going to rehook him up to this equipment, to this medicine, to the oxygen, to all of it. So all of us gathered around. and We each grabbed the sheet that this man was laying on. And we asked him the question that we ask everybody, do you believe Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? And with whatever power he had in his lungs, he said, I do. And the paramedics unhooked him as we're holding him over the water. And we lower this man down into the water, and then we lift him right back up. They put the oxygen mask back on his face and they hook up all the IVs and wires. And I'll never forget that day because on the one hand, it was a really sweet moment, right? To see this man who was literally at the end of his life give his life, give what was left of his life to Christ. It was a reminder that it, it is never, ever too late to make a decision for Jesus. Can I get an amen? It is never, ever too late to make a decision for Jesus. But on the other hand, I thought, man, what, what a sad day. And I don't know his circumstance, I don't know his story, but just what a sad day to have lived your whole life and waited till the very last moment, seemingly, to make the confession I have decided to follow Jesus. Today, it's my hope and prayer that you won't wait. That if for whatever reason you have not made that confession of faith, made that decision, That today you would make that decision to be baptized into Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said this. He said, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Now that may sound like bad news, but that's actually really good news. Because Jesus says, the choice is in your hands. I've done all the work. All you have to do is receive the gift. Believe in and be baptized. Believe in Jesus And be baptized. And those who are, Paul would say it this way later, and I love this. He would say there is absolutely no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Today, for some of us in the room, today needs to be that D Day. Today needs to be that decision day. That day that you step into these waters between these two crosses, and you two are crucified with Christ, so that it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you now i'll be honest this whole time i've been talking mainly to one group in the room right For the last 20 minutes or so i've been talking to those of you who for whatever reason at this point in your life have not made a decision for jesus but i want to pause and just for a moment i want to talk to the rest of you i want to talk to those of you who who at some point in your life didn't make that decision to step into those waters Because all along, if you've been tracking with us throughout this series, we've said two things. One, if you've not made a decision for Christ, if you've not been baptized into Jesus Christ, we want you on this day, on Baptism Sunday, to be baptized. To step into those waters, to say, I have decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back. But for the rest of us who at some point in our life did make that decision, I want you to know what's coming because today I want you to make a commitment too. At the very end of our time together, I'm going to ask Jason to come up and I'm going to ask him to ask you to say that your D-Day mattered, that your decision day meant something, that your baptism mattered. And today I want to ask you to recommit your life to living the baptized life. Because there's a sense in which you and I have to live out of these waters every single day. I love how the old prophet said it, that the mercies of God are new every morning. Every morning when we wake up, we wake up and we have to live out of those baptism waters. And today I'm asking everyone in the room who at some point in your life made a decision to follow Christ, to recommit, to reaffirm, to say again, I am giving my life to living the baptized life, to literally live different because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Church, if you would, let's, let's stand together today is decision day for somebody in the room and like jason said we know of a few but i know that there are probably more in the room who today need to make that decision so in just a moment we're going to sing a song and what i want to ask you to do if today you want to make that decision and you want to be baptized into jesus christ I just want to ask you to come forward and find me or Jason or one of our shepherds up here in the front row. And what we'll do is we'll take you to the back and we've got changing room. We've got clothes. We've got everything you could possibly need. There's, there's nothing that you could possibly need that we don't already have prepared. So if you came unprepared, don't worry, we're prepared. We've been praying for you. We've been waiting for this day. We've been, we've been excited, honestly, for what God's going to do in this place today. What I want to ask you to do is to have a small amount of courage. Come forward this morning in front of this group and make that decision to follow Jesus. And you may say, man, I don't know. There's so many people in here. Let me tell you, you're never going to find a more friendly audience. <laughs> There's never going to be a more friendly group that just cannot wait to hear you say that you believe in Jesus. When you leave this place, you're going to face some people that it's difficult. But in here, they're going to, they're going to clap. They're going to rejoice, and it's going to be a party. All right? Jesus Christ himself hung on a cross in front of the whole world, humiliated and ashamed. So you could stand here today in front of your friends and your family and confess him as Lord and Savior. Don't let anything stop you. I know you've got your excuses. I know you've got your reasons. Man, can I ask you to lay those down? I know you've got questions, and I want you to ask questions, but don't let your questions keep you. Do you believe Jesus is who he says he is? That's all you've got to know. You'll figure out the rest. I promise. And if you don't, we'll be here to help you. It's never been about knowing enough. It's always been about knowing him. And today what we want to ask you to do is have a small amount of courage to come down and join us up front and step into these waters and let God wash away your sins and resurrect you to new life. There was a time when God met Jesus in the throne room of heaven. I said, I've got an idea. Will you go down there? And will you live among the people we created? And they're going to torture you, and they're going to kill you, but you're going to die for them. And when you die for them, when you become, when you become the sacrifice for their sins, it's going to restore the relationship that's been torn apart. And all things will be made right and all things will be made new. And if you do this, I'm going to give them eternal life and then they will forever and ever walk with you and I again, like we did in the garden before this all went wrong. You know what Jesus decided that day? He made a decision for you. He said yes. Today what I'm asking is, will you say yes to him? We're going to sing this song. And if you're ready to make a decision for Jesus, I want to ask you to come down and meet us in the front row. And today, I want you to be able to say with confidence in your heart, today is your decision day. It's the day that you decided to follow Jesus. Let's sing.